Marie is hiding something. I could sense it when I entered her home. That woman is a lunatic. I suppose she had a right to be angry. I guess I'm not used to the way the laws work out here in the West. They call this place wild and uncivilized. But it seems like we could get away with more back in Farport. It certainly made investigations easier. Speaking of lunatics, Falk is still in there with that gunsmith. That old man cares more about his little prizes than he does rescuing the people in his own town. I don't know how much longer Falk will be in there, and I'm not sure where Igmut's gone off to. But I've been left here alone with the demon lady, and we've got trouble. I just noticed the deputy up on the bell tower of the church. He looks out of his mind. And Avalari just spotted Igmut's doppelganger running to the south of town. I suppose she and I will have to work together. <sighs> Ernie, forgive me for teaming up with a hellspawn. So as you're walking out, you look down and you can see that there is just one loose screw on this thing. And you're like, God, fuck it. And you're like, you know what? It's fine. It's not going to be that big of a deal. And so. Oh, no, I'm going back in there. I'm tightening that screw. (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, like I, I'm like starting to to whistle the the Patty theme, uh, Patty theme as I usually do. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I turn around and, and go right back in. And um, yeah, I find a little screwdriver, whatever. Um, <laughs> do they have Phillips head in Phillips uh, Crossing? <laughs> Actually, uh, out here in Fillmore's Crossing, they only use uh, torque screws. It's weird, I know, but... <laughs> oh, well, those are the best anyway, because they, you right. know, it's hard to strip them out. 100%. This is the part on Fillmore's Crossing where we talk about tools. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, you all are a bunch of tools, so there you go. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, fuck. So... Why don't you go ahead and make me a perception check as you're uh, as you're walking out the the gun shop then? <laughs> oh no! Oh, uh, that is a natural one. So 
you kind of survey the scenery just a little bit and everything looks pretty normal and you know you you see that there's kind of a crowd gathering uh over near the church but you know might be sunday you get your days confused sometimes you've been you've been uh, up all night uh repairing this stuff and seems legit to you you know and so what do you want to do yeah, I'm I'm tired as fuck. I'm going to the uh, crossing house and um, I'm, I'm gonna get like a, a small meal, um, you know, maybe just some uh, soup, and uh, then I'm gonna go to bed for a little while. All right, you do that. <laughs> um, that is that is so like Falk to go to a tavern and eat soup. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got any clam chowder? <laughs> What's a clam? Oh man, you know, Fillmore's <laughs> Crossing would be known for their clam chowder. <laughs> I always go to the desert for the best clams, for sure. Mm, for sure. Rocky Mountain clams. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so Falk, um, you're you're gonna be eating then for the next little bit. Uh, Polly has actually been. <clears throat> excuse me, relieved at this point. And Andrea is behind the bar and she she hooks you up with some with some vittles and and some uh something to drink and yeah, you go you go about the rest of your afternoon like that. Well before before you move on though, um like as I'm getting uh getting my soup from, from Andrea, I'm like, um Hey Andrea, uh have you seen uh Igmit around? Uh I think I saw that new uh, lady that y'all have been hanging out with. You know, the one that was playing her, uh, playing all the music in here last night. She was running off somewhere with him. They went down towards the cemetery. Oh, okay. Um, can I roll an insight check to see if she's like uh, blushing or jealous or anything? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's a lot better. Um... So 15 plus 4, 19 there. You can tell that uh, that she seems very preoccupied. Um, there's there's still a fairly sizable mess in the, in the crossing house today. You know, most of the people have cleared out at this point, but there are definitely, um, and you wouldn't know this because you weren't there last night, but there are definitely still some people that were passed out this morning there, they're still laying on tables and not really moving, you know, <laughs> just uh, intermittent farts and snores and belches, and that's about it. Like The waitress the waitress walks by and checks their pulse every once in a while. <laughs> and, and one more thing, does she look at the glove? <laughs> yeah, she, she, uh, she looks down and she goes, the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this old thing? Brian, her name is Andrea Brian. I said the, right. wait, the waitresses. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, that's all that's all I got for this little uh thing here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I am going to move to Olivari who <clears throat> last we left off you had just shot um the fake igmet with one of your darts. And he didn't, he didn't get knocked out from it, but he is definitely, like, he's, he's staggering a little bit, and you can tell that, uh, that it definitely affected him, and you definitely got, uh, 
a good shot off on him. What do you want to do next? He is, he's currently like, he basically, so basically you're facing straight on to this mausoleum. It's, it's about 15 feet tall. I'd say from you right now, you're about 30 feet away from it. And okay. you're kind of having a hard time judging what Igmet is going to do just because of the way that like he's kind of swaying there and he just seems almost like he's drunk, but he definitely wasn't drunk before. So you know for a fact that it's from the poison on your dart. Okay. Um, how close am I to him? You are 30 feet away from the mausoleum. He's right next to it. So 30 feet. I am going to try to tackle him. All right, that's an athletics check, correct? <laughs> uh, I, I think so. Athletics or acrobatics? I think it's athletics. I always get confused. Let me, okay. Uh, uh, 16. All right, let me roll. And with disadvantage. Ooh, wow. So I rolled a... <laughs> I rolled a five, and then I rolled a two. So yeah, you... <laughs> you wrap your arms around his waist, and... It's almost as though he was just swaying backwards at the same time that you kind of connected with him because he goes down way easier than you expected, especially for somebody that is, you, you'd guess at least 75 pounds, if not more heavier than you. And he's got a good, you know, five or six inches of height on you as well. And, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, you bring him to the ground and uh, he's writhing around and cursing and trying to kick you off but is incredibly unsuccessful. What would you like to do? Mm. Do I have rope on me? If you have any sort of a adventurer's um, kit or anything like that, those all come with 50 feet of rope. Fair. Okay. Um. She's like, I heard about the teenagers doing that, this out here in the graveyard. <laughs> it's not usually done with rope if you're a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta escalate up to that. <laughs> it takes time and practice. Right. <laughs> yeah, if you start at rope, what the hell are you going to end with? <laughs> anyway, um, what do I need to do to tie him up? Uh, let's call that a sleight of hand. Okay. That is seven plus six is 13. Well, I just rolled a two and a 14. So we're going with the two since I'm at disadvantage. You good. <laughs> like... <laughs> it's almost as though the way that he's struggling is assisting you in hog tying him. Like, <laughs> like he kind of he kind of wrenches his arm behind his back to try and get it away from you, and you just kind of use the lever of his elbow to just force it up a little bit and just keep his arm trapped as you're wrapping the rope around one of them. And he he does basically a similar maneuver with his other arm. And you've just got them both in like a double chicken wing that you've now tied up and you're moving down to his legs. And after a few more moments, he's completely hogtied, laying there on his belly with his, uh, with his arms attached to his feet. Um, and now I see that they're still over at the church, right? Is that where um, I left? Falk? Make a perception check. He's kind of... Or Tom? Yeah, that would be kind of far away to, to see from where you're at right now. But you might be able to make out Portnoy up on the steeple. Not with a... Oh, well, that's a nine. You think that you can see some sort of a shadow up on the roof of the... Because it's one of the tallest buildings in Fillmore's Crossing. And so it's not mm -hmm. like you can't see the steeple. 
And you're pretty positive that you see some sort of movement up there, but it's it's hard to tell how many are up there or anything like that. Okay. Um, what what are you doing? I turn to my bound friend. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? So its eyes get really wide, and it looks up at you, and it kind of like sighs for a moment. And you see, um, you see its form starting to fade away, and its skin is starting to transform into like this, this almost translucent gray. You can see the blue veins spidering under the, under the skin of this creature. And as, as Igmut's orcish face starts to fade away, you see that this creature does not have any sort of nose or anything like that. Like, its its face is very, very gray and nondescript. Its eyes are incredibly large. And there's a large, what appears to be maybe mithril. You're not super uh, educated on, on metals and different things like that, are you? No. Okay. You, you would think that it's probably mithril, just judging by the color of it. Um, and there's all sorts of these runes that are etched into, into the collar. And they're glowing mm. with, like, this deep red. And the, the creature's chest and arms are very kind of gaunt and thin. But you can tell that there's a, a taut, wiry muscle in it. Um, and it's just wearing pants and they're very tattered and things like that but it's not the same pants that you saw him wearing when he was Igmit. And uh Okay. Do you do you move him at all or 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 anything like that like I would make sure that everything is staying tight as he's changing shape. Okay. So as you're kind of uh you know shifting his body around to make sure that everything is staying in is basically so that he's staying a captive for you. Mm-hmm. You notice that on his chest, there is a black tattoo of a tree. Just like a normal tree, evergreen tree. It is. It is. Um, it is. It looks to be like maybe an oak tree without uh, any of its leaves, just the branches sort of spidering and snaking around. And if you want to make me a very easy. Um, Let's go with a history check. Okay. Uh, history's not particularly my strong suit, but that's still a 15. You recognize this symbol as one that is rumored to belong to the group known as the Consortium, which you have already kind of discussed oh, with them. That's not great. Okay. And it still hasn't said anything to you. It just transformed back into what you assume is its natural state. That's a fancy trick you got there. What's your name? One does not have a name. What does one call you? He uh, sort of like turns his body to the side so that you can see on the bottom of his foot the number uh, 419 is tattooed. 419. I call you foot? (laughs) (laughs) Or is that number your name? 
The number is my designation. Well, that seems like a sad existence. You don't even get a real name. I know no other existence. And this thing's voice is very weird. It sounds almost like like multiple voices talking at once in different uh, pitches and and um it's just very it's it's very discomforting. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you known? Just this number? That's your life? Work. I have been given purpose by the masters. It's hard to find purpose in this life sometimes. What is your purpose here? I have been given a job. We have had our services sold by the masters. You've been sold? So you're a slave. He kind of like lifts up his his head a little bit so you can examine the collar on him a little bit more. Okay. Uh, do I need to roll something? I mean, you could do an arcana or you could even detect magic if that's something that uh, that you can do, but you don't necessarily have to. Well, I can at least try an arcana, but it's not very good. It's six. <laughs> You definitely, uh, you definitely recognize the runes of uh, some sort of an enchantment spell, but there's definitely something else going on with this uh, collar as well. Between everything that's going on and, you know, you're still a little bit foggy from drinking last night and it's just not quite adding up what this is and he just says, uh, If I do not comply, they will know. So that, that collar thingy, they, they keep track of you through that? And force obedience. Well, that sounds like a terrible way to live. Can I try to dispel magic on that? Yeah, of course. I got above 10. <laughs> 11. <laughs> Somehow I don't think it was a first level spell or else I would have been fine. Right. Yeah, no, uh, it, uh, you can see that the magic is still quite intact and, uh, he, uh, looks up at you and says, They know I have been captured. They will be coming to retrieve their property. I see. Do you know how about how far out they are? As you say that, you see this, uh, like, his arms and legs begin to strain against the rope as his entire body begins to contort. Like, you don't see anything specifically happening. He's just racked in pain, and his mouth is open wide, but no noises are coming out, and he's just twisting and writhing on the ground, and then... He stops. And he seems to be still alive, but he's just not writhing anymore. Can I carry him back to uh, Tom over by the church? Yeah. 
it's going to take you a little while because you're, you know, he's, he's a little bit heavy and awkward, but yeah, no problem. I'll just let you take 10 on that. And okay. so, um, you just start heading back up the main thoroughfare towards the well, the church, the crossing house. What are you thinking? Well, all right. The well it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't, uh... I haven't seen Falk, right? Correct. And Igmit. Where did Igmit go? Igmit is at uh, is at Rebecca's um, house. Oh right. Um. So I guess I take him over to Tom because I don't know where the other two are. Okay. So you're heading towards the Church of Ernie. As mm-hmm. you as you get into the um, as you get into the the town square area around the well and stuff like that. You can see that a fairly considerably sized crowd has started to gather around the base of the church and, and you know, they're all pointing and gasping at what's going on up there. And I'm actually going to jump us back in time a little bit. Tom, what are you doing at the base of this church? Casting hold person on the deputy. He's got a okay. roll of wisdom saving throw. Gotcha. My spell DC is 15. Wow, am I rolling like fucking garbage tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! You see that? So he's like, he's kind of teetering with one foot kind of up in the air. And he was sort of teetering back and forth. And after you finish saying the words of your spell and moving your hands in the magical way, he just stops moving altogether. I've already donned my spider gloves in the last episode, so I'm just going to start scaling this wall to go up to him. All right, go ahead and give me an athletics check. So it's plus 10 to climb check. 12 becomes 22 plus 1 is 23. Oh, yeah. So you just start... You start scaling up this building, and, you know, every time that you kind of get a little bit tired, you just... You just basically use the power of these, the magic in these gloves to just kind of take a break for a second and then just <laughs> keep on, keep on hand over hand. And you, uh, you have a minute on hold person, correct? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that you have 10 seconds left by the time you get up there then. Yeah, one minute. So as soon as I get up, I'm going to grab hold of him and, um, <clears throat> I, he didn't really respond to me the first time I called out, so I'm assuming he's kind of out of it. But I want to scan the area and see if I can tell where he got up. Okay. Um, when you grab onto him, he uh, looks at you and his voice is probably exactly what you expect it to be. <laughs> and um, An editor's nightmare? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, dude. I have so many of them for you today, Brian. If you guys get into one more thing, that's three distinct fucking otherworldly voices that you have to do. <laughs> You're the worst, Tim. Shout I out know. to all my fellow editors out there. <laughs> I feel for you, bro. Um, <clears throat> but he looks at you and he says, uh, Have you discovered... Who the doppelganger is yet? I hope so. That's 
in the demon girl's hands. Do you really think that you could stop all of this? Doesn't matter what I think. I'm here, and that's my job. I told you before, my existence is beneficial to you. Ooh, you're the voice I spoke with earlier. Tell me, is there anything else we could learn about this weave and this bargain and all the things that you've been incredibly cryptic about? Incredible. Acts of magic. Strengthen. The weave. Much like a splint. Time is still needed to heal it. But the wound is not left to fester. And I... I am capable of these great acts of magic. You're claiming to be on our side and saying that you're in fixing the weave, and yet, so far, every person who has gone mad has either died or ended someone else's life. I must get power from somewhere! Take it from an animal. Take it from performing tricks like pulling something out of a hat. You don't need to end people's lives and wreck this town. You know better than anyone, worshipper of Ernie, the power of sentient blood. Then perhaps you should have found somebody willing to consent. How often do you concern yourself with the ants that you crush every day? If we are ants to you, then why are you bothering speaking with me now and claiming to be on my side? I don't want to die. And the weave ending? Well, immortality doesn't come from nowhere. So your immortality is worth all of these lives. You're no better than a vampire. When your life is fleeting, it's easy to make moral judgments. No one knows what happens to this world if the weed fails. And no mortal can fix it. You have two choices the way I see it. The path of ignorance and the path of sorrow. Will you choose to be ignorant about what is going on here and let what needs to be done be done? Or do you wish to see more of your friends die? Tell me more about the bargain. I cannot. Why not? Confidentiality. Of course. Who am I going to tell? We're ants, remember? I couldn't break it even if I wanted to. The magic is binding. Very well. Tell me without telling me. Hint at it if you have to. Why? I am granting you a kindness. You need my help. As soon as you say that he needs your help, um, 
you see Deputy Portnoy starts to take steps towards the edge of the steeple. Despite me holding on to him, it's is it more powerful? Yeah, like yeah, he like he's just starting to march towards the edge of the steeple. Like you can you can try and, you know, dig your heels in if you'd like, you know, make me an athletics, or you know, you can try and say something, whatever you want to do, man. But yeah, he's moving away from you and it seems like if you don't figure something out, he might be able to squirm out of your grasp. Uh, I'll cast hold person one more time. All right. What's the DC again? 15. Well, that serves a 15. So, yeah, uh, he continues to march. Do you want to make an athletics check to try and uh, try and prevent him from dropping off the edge? No, I'm pretty convinced that I can't, so I'm just going to stand back and then I'm going to say... You're not winning me over by killing my friend. I don't need to win you over. I just need to make sure you have as few allies as possible. And Portnoy swan dives off the edge of this, uh, off the edge of this steeple and crashes face first into the ground. And you can tell immediately that there's, there's no way. I mean, he fell at least 50 feet, if not more, onto a very hard surface and and everybody that's kind of down and around there you know you hear gas gasps and things like that and alivari i would say that you witnessed that happen um you would see um you would see tom and deputy portnoy talking for a little while and then all of a sudden deputy portnoy just just leaps off into the air and puts his arms back behind his back and just face first swan dives into the dirt below. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Some guy out. points up there, that preacher just killed the deputy. <laughs> 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 oh, that's the last thing we need. Uh, yeah, I'm climbing down, right down the front, right in front of everybody. Um, so you, you start climbing down, and you do hear some whispers of, you know, like, maybe, maybe he pushed him. And, you know, and then there's a few other people that are like, he's a man of God. What do you, you keep your damn blaspheming mouth shut. And like, you know, you can, you can just hear. And Alivari, I would assume that you also overhear all of this stuff that people are kind of whispering in this crowd and stuff like that. And, <clears throat> and Tom, when you finally get to the bottom of the, of the steeple, um, Pastor Breakfast walks up to you and he goes, what in the hell just happened up there? <laughs> How long did it take me to climb down? Eh, maybe like 30 seconds, 40 seconds, somewhere in that neighborhood. Okay. I disregard the pastor and I lean over the guy and I cast Revivify on him. You kind of do your, your Mr. Miyagi thing, you know, where you start praying to Ernie and rubbing your hands together and... <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Deputy Portnoy, like his neck basically starts to starts to like snap itself slowly into position. Like it sounds almost like a zipper as it's like realigning itself. And uh, he takes a deep breath in and looks at you and goes, my head is fucking killing me. (laughs) 
and you you see a bunch of people are like, <gasps> how did, how in the hell did he do that? And like people are are, are freaking out at this point, and and the crowd is starting to get antsy. Ernie, be praised. <laughs> <laughs> You've raised another. If Alivari yells that out, a bunch of other people will actually start yelling that as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, everybody <laughs> else is... keep the crowd on my side. Yeah, no, everybody else, as Ernie soon as you Lulia. say that, like, they take a second <laughs> and they think about it and they're like, <gasps> she's right. Ernie, be praised. We got a miracle worker here. Oh, and and they're, they're like, they're fawning over you. And, and some people in the front actually drop to their knees and prostrate themselves to you, Tom. I'm gonna go home and shave my head right now. You're gonna start bringing in the blind <laughs> children stuff now. I'm gonna stand up and uh, speak quietly to Pastor Breakfast and say, take him into the church. Do what you can for him. I have some things to discuss with my partners. You, you, you know that that things just got real here, right? Like these people are poor and they just watched you work a miracle. Believe me, things are realer than you know. Pardon my language, but shit. <laughs> and he, uh, he grabs, <laughs> he grabs, uh, like he puts um, put one of Portnoy's arms over his shoulders and he leads him into the church of Ernie and Alivari and Tom both make me a perception check, please. That's a nat one. Okay. <laughs> Eleven. Tom, you could swear that you saw maybe steam or some sort of a haze or something like that. Like, as Deputy Portnoy crosses the threshold into this church, it's almost like an essence just lingers at the doorway for a second and then disappears. Like, it's... it's barely there and you barely notice it i'm too busy futzing with the doppelganger <laughs> right and a couple of people look at you and uh they're like oh did you bring him for the miracle worker i bet he can fix that skin condition no problem <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah i i brought him over here so tom could have a good look at him that that's real smart we're <laughs> We're gonna head inside to pray and 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 thank Ernie for for this blessing. I'm, I just can't Hallelujah. believe it. Hallelujah, ha- <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> can I hear that? Yes, you you can hear that. Uh, you're gonna, you're right nearby. I would say. I'm gonna raise my hands and address the crowd and say, "You can praise Ernie in your homes or come back on Sunday, but for now." Leave the church be. That man in there needs tending to. Some of the people go to open up their mouths in protest, and then um, they remember, oh, wait, this is Ernie's miracle worker. If he's telling us that we're not allowed in the church, he's probably a pretty good authority. And so, like, they kind of linger and mill about for a couple minutes, and then eventually they start to disperse, you know, just a few at first, and then eventually the, the... larger portion of the crowd starts to make its way towards um 
towards their respective homes. Some of them are just heading to the crossing house, and it seems readily apparent that they're probably just going to get drinks and then sit on the porch of the crossing house and just watch the church. But, you know, you can't really <laughs> stop them from doing that, I guess, so... <laughs> um, as, they're, as they're dispersing and I walk up towards um, Alavari with her new prisoner... Can I roll deception against her either perception or insight? Good fucking luck, but yeah. I'm going to do it. Okay. What are you what are you lying to her about first? Of all? <laughs> I, I got a nat 20. Uh I don't want her to see how much I'm admiring her for capturing the prisoner. <laughs> 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 Yeah, he no, succeeds. you. Uh, yeah, you definitely can't tell that uh, that Tom admires you. You mostly so she just must... kind of seems constipated. <laughs> <laughs> Inwardly, I am. Uh, I'm smiling, and I'm, I'm kind of giving her. You know what? Inwardly, I'm giving her that uh, Robert De Niro frown smile that Falk gave the other day, the other episode ago. <laughs> Robert De Niro frown smile. (laughs) You're welcome, by the way. This crowd wouldn't have been nearly so happy to see you if I hadn't been shouting that out. And I wouldn't be nearly happy to see this prisoner. Wait, that. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) You you have quite the way with words, I must say. I'm glad that he didn't get away. Have you questioned him at all? A little bit. He's, uh... I'm gonna position him so that... I'm I'm assuming I'm still holding him at this point. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to, like, position him, drop him on on the ground, and so I can point to, like, the tattoos or whatever. And be like, if, as you can see on his chest, that's the, the consortium's thing. And he's got that thing on his neck. You can see, uh, apparently, he's a slave. And they can control him. And because he's been captured, they're going to come for their uh, property. And as you can see down here, this shows that he's also property. Because his name, apparently, is 419. But he can change into whatever he wants, I guess. We need to keep him somewhere safe. Would you mind taking him to the jail and having Boris lock him up? Are you sure you want him in there? I mean, he can change into whatever he wants. I, well, I guess I don't know how small or how big he can get, but... Tell Boris not to let anyone in or out. We'll be back to question him soon enough. I just... I have a lot of things I really need to discuss with my partners. Well, that's fair, but, uh, if the consortium's coming, and I don't know how far away they are, they also, I guess they must have shocked him or something, because he was, all of a sudden, he just went real rigid and tried to, like, almost like he was trying to break out of the ropes. So I don't know how much longer he's going to live, if they're going to kill him like that. Or if they can, I guess they probably could. Very well. We should question him here. Um, I lean down and uh, look him in the eyes and then say, uh, What does the consortium want with us in Fillmore's Crossing? 
He looks at you for a second and blinks a few times and says, the orders did not come from, and his body racks with pain and starts to convulse again, and he's just writhing around on the ground as he uh, tenses up for a little while and then kind of goes limp. I check his pulse. Seems to be still alive. He seems to even still be conscious. Go on. As soon as he takes another breath to open his mouth again, again the convulsions come on and he's just straining against the ropes behind his back. You actually... Yeah, you you hear a bone crack um, in maybe one of his arms or something like that as he's writhing around and sort of seizing. And then he kind of goes limp again and uh yeah I don't think we're gonna get much out of him hmm. I check his pulse one more time <laughs> I'm still alive as a matter of fact he still seems to be conscious his pulse is racing he's clearly in a lot of pain and stress I cast cure wounds on him okay he definitely, he definitely, uh, his arm sort of stitches back together. It doesn't really necessarily matter how many points you give him. Um, like his arm starts to kind of stitch back together. He still doesn't look great, but it's kind of hard for you to tell as well because you're not used to um, gray victims that can change their shape. So there's that. I'm going to draw my pistol out and point it towards his head and say, if you can manage to answer my questions, I'd be willing to end this for you now. What the hell, Tom? <laughs> that collar on his neck is what's doing. If we could get that off of him, he'd be much better. Wasn't Falk working on something? Uh, maybe he knows a bit more about the magic of the, of the thing. I sigh and put my pistol away. If you can find him. Last I saw, he was at the gunsmith's. Well, I don't much care for the gunsmith, but I can go look for him if you'd want me to. Well, I don't much care for him either, so I'd rather you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, I can take care of myself. That's not a problem. Where are you going to go? I'm staying here with our prisoner. All right. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we could just take him with us. I mean, maybe there's tools over there that that Falk would need. And I pick him back up again. <laughs> and start walking. Why don't you guys roll me a perception check? I didn't know if he, I didn't know he could walk. No, I pick him up and carry him. Oh. Because oh. apparently I can do that. <laughs> In my heels. <laughs> um. <laughs> Seven for me. Nineteen. So, Alivari, as you pick him up, you can just faintly hear the sound of whistling. And you can see, you know, Falk with his stupid walk and, you know, he's just kind of bouncing. <laughs> and, and he's ba- he's basically on the, on the crossing house porch and walking in there. And he's whistling something and it's kind of hard to tell at this distance, but... No other person you've ever met has the mannerisms like that. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Isn't that him up there on the porch? 
Hey, folk! Um, I mean, I definitely didn't hear them earlier when I went in there and then ordered the soup, so... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Retcon! He's riding on no. that one perception. No, we're gonna ride that one perception all the way. <laughs> so y'all know where he is, he just doesn't turn around to acknowledge any of it, because... He's very tired. <laughs> so now we know what happens after I say, uh, oh, this old thing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to chase after him. <laughs> um, so I am actually going to cut over to Igmit then. All right. And Hey, you get to be in this episode too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a lot of that stuff ended up uh, taking longer than I thought it would, Wes. My bad. You're seated in Rebecca's uh, house, and like I said before, her furniture isn't nice or anything like that, but it's comfortable and well-lived in, and uh, after Wait, about we said 15... That last time we said that the chair was tiny for me, didn't we? I don't know. Is it that important? Never mind. Like, that's the, that's that's like one of the... Just, <laughs> no, no, I just... I, I, I've had a lot of time to think the past 50 minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> now you know what it's like to be Tom when he goes shopping and you guys find the action. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, but yeah, no, she's uh, she's in the kitchen preparing you coffee. And uh, yeah, the chair is a little bit tight for you to squeeze into. But once you get, you know, once you get those thick, thick thighs in between the arms of the chair. Mm. It's pretty comfortable, you know what I mean? Because there aren't, there isn't, like, the arms are, they aren't, like, closed arms. They're just the the wood, like, rests. So your thighs have, like, some room to kind of spill out over the chair. Okay. That big old orc booty, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, Wesley. You were the one that brought up not fitting in the chair, and now I just can't let <laughs> I, it go. I, I, but I'm okay with that. That's fine. Fair enough. The thigh, the thighs that rusted Chrome gave him are completely canon. Oh, I, absolutely, <laughs> they are. Are you fucking kidding me? Like the thighs <laughs> save lives. Shout out to our boy, <laughs> Rusted Chrome. Um, but she looks at you and she goes, uh, "Did you, uh, did you have any other questions?" Well, ma'am. I do. Uh, first of all, and I kind of look around the house. What uh, what do you do for work, if you mind me asking? I know that this isn't real appropriate, like, but um, I'm kind of on the sheriff's payroll. Um, my brother uh, knew that I. Well, there aren't a whole lot of opportunities here, and our father isn't personable. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry. I, I just. No, no, that's you're you're, that's fine. I'm just curious. Um, you know, the only wealthy people around here are the Fillmores. Why don't you uh, make an insight check, too, after she says that? All right. It's a 22. So you th you know that she's incredibly embarrassed about something, but you don't think that it's because she um, because she's on the sheriff's payroll. So, 
you and uh, Mr. Fillmore, you ran around a little bit, didn't you? Not proud of it. I mean, he came knocking on my door the day after Ingrid murdered his children. That was enough for me. You mean, uh, you were engaged in, you know what, before then? Or he started his advancements then? It had been going on for some time. Ah, and I see. I decided that it could no longer continue when I saw that selfishness. I... I see. I know that you must think me an immoral woman, and I... I understand that you might feel that way, and I... I know that I've made mistakes, but... Family is the only thing that I have, and... There aren't a whole lot of reasons... To keep... To keep Mr. Fillmore from... From driving... All of us out of here. No, ma'am, I, I'm not here to judge you. Hell, I'm I'm a half-orc. I don't believe in Ernie or any of that. I, I believe in the nature gods. And uh, so I'm not going to give you a lesson in, in anything like that. I just, I have some questions about Mr. Fillmore. And I, I think you might be able to give, give me some insight into him. If you wouldn't mind. Do you promise that it's not ever going to get back to him? We will protect you, I promise. My partners, while they might be city boys, they will protect you just like I will. And if you give us the information we need, we'll make sure that you are safe. Ask me anything you want to know. Well... How often does Elmer go out to the mine, in your experience? Not not too regularly. I mean, he did the majority of his business through riders and different methods like that. He mostly, mostly used it as an excuse to get out of the house. And she, you can tell, like, the way that she, like, when she's talking about this... Clearly, this is something that she's trying to repress. Like, she's just kind of staring off into the distance. Like, she's not making eye contact with you. She's just recounting facts at this point, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Rebecca, would you, would you say that he's a bad man, objectively bad? It depends on how you would define it. If you go by the Book of Ernie, the answer is probably yes. But I've never seen him do anything drastic to anyone that hasn't wronged him first. Do you think that he would hurt someone completely innocent just to profit off them? And I mean in a, a business sense. I, I know his personal conquests are quite despicable, but I, I'm I'm talking business. He hated Jethro Godfrey quite a bit. Uh, did he ever talk about 
about his relationship with the Gottfrieds or anything like that? He ever divulge anything? He complained about Tathleel, the knife ear. He he whined that 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 Jethro had more respect, and he lamented the fact that Jethro managed to keep a business open in this town for so long and Elmer wanted it. Would you say that Elmer cares about this community or does he just care about his profits? I think I think he cares so far as having folk to kick around. I don't think that he cares about us or I think he cares about there being a town so that that status can exist. I see. I see. Well, thank you, ma'am. Uh, I greatly appreciate that. And this, uh, this coffee is mighty fine. Thank you. Uh, and I stand up. You said your name was Igmet, correct? Yes, ma'am. Mr. Igmet, you need to get in his basement. He never let me down there. I've never seen no one go down there but his guards. And only some of them. His his basement? At the mansion? Yes. Well. There's too many locks on that door. On a door in the inside of a building. Do you know where... Does he keep his money at the bank? I... I don't... I don't know. She looks kind of confused for a second, and she looks at you directly in the eyes, and she says, But I could could find out for you. Well, that's mighty kind of of you offering, but I wouldn't want to suggest anything that make you uncomfortable. Uh, You're you're a nice lady. I... And, uh... I've... I've known Martin since we were kids. I think if I ask him, he'll tell me. Who's Martin? His his father owns the bank. Oh, all right. Hope, hope, hopefully they haven't haven't left town. Apparently, uh, Pastor Breakfast, or yeah, I think they said Pastor Breakfast had really gave him a fright. Something about people exploding, and I mean, we all knew that. Things were dire, but to have the pastor specifically <clears throat> tell him that things were well going to hell. You, you got to be mindful of these fanatics. My partners and I are, are getting to the bottom of things. Now, say if we do find out where Elmer keeps his money, and we need to get into the basement, which I think could teach us something would you would you mind helping my partners and I on one condition Mm -hmm. I want to spit in that son of a bitch's face when he hangs you got yourself a deal little sister (laughs) 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 well 
You ever been on a lion hunt? No, no, sir. I, I, I can't say I have. Well, the key to a good lion hunt is uh, you throw a little bit of bait out, and uh, well, I think you're gonna be our bait. But I promise you won't get hurt. To be honest with you, Aikman, knowing that he's going to pay, it would be worth it. Well, let's go into town and uh, we'll talk to my partners and uh, get us a strategy. All right, I'll, um, do you want to meet at my brother's office and I'll go talk to Martin? Sure, that's, that sounds good to me, ma'am. Thank you very much. I have an interesting update. For 18 episodes, we've been telling you that you can find our podcast Twitter at DNDLCP, because that's what Twitter assigned us when we made the account, which didn't make any sense since LCP D&D was super available. Well, that's not the case for us anymore because we finally got it fixed. Our Twitter account is now at LCPDND, but fortunately it's not a huge deal that people know the exact handles to find us at because we've consolidated everything to our new website, www.lcpdnd.com. Here's another interesting fact. On the day that this episode releases, or technically the day after since we like to release it the night before, LCPDND will be one year old! It's been a delightful year of podcasting, and we've been so grateful for all the support we've gotten. And speaking of support, if you like this show and you would like to contribute, there are a few ways to do so. One is free. Just spread the word. If you know people who would be interested, let them know how to find us. Word of mouth is huge. You can share us on your social media accounts. You can write a review on Apple Podcasts or Podbean or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you would like to donate, you can jump onto patreon.com slash lcpdnd and pledge any amount of money there. Last of all, we have merch over at sonerdware.com slash LCP. You can buy LCP D&D shirts, stickers, mugs, etc. And if you have credit or debit cards saved to your Amazon account, you can use your Amazon login to pay with those. It's that easy. Regardless of whether you can support us in these ways, we would still love to hang out with you on our growing community on Discord where we chat, post memes, and play D&D each week. You could play with us. You can find our Discord link in the descriptions of our podcast episodes or get it over at our website under the community section. Thank you all so much for a great year. Thanks to our patrons Brody, Calvin, Don, Tracy, Eric, Harry, Irene, Mark, Kim, Nick, Rodney, Ryan, and Travis. Thank you to everyone who has reviewed our show and shouted us out. Thanks for the collaborations, the memes, and all the good times. Here's to another great year of LCP D&D. Brian, one day... I'm going to send you an hour-long audio file of just me talking about artificial insemination and various cow things, and I'm going to make you listen to it. What the hell did I do to you? Are you going to show up with a gun? <laughs> like Brian gets an email and there's no. a knock at the door. Like, this is odd. I should go I should go answer the door real quick. Wesley just ups a pistol in his face. Like, we're gonna go listen to something, motherfucker. I brought a I bought a bunch of Dr. Peppers and some Wendy's. And we're gonna sit down and we're gonna listen to this audio, Brian. We're gonna have bonding time. I've had too many beers. Oh my god. How did I piss you off so much that you would do that to me? 
you didn't piss me off. I just, <laughs> you're speaking a different language. I also think that that should be the beginning of this episode, Wesley. Uh, threatening Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please? Can we please start, Tim?